Welcome everyone. Live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Mac Live on Live FM. My name is Anne and my co-host today is Caitlin. We are your well-being captains. Um, and today we are interviewing our very special guest, Carol Preston, youth and women's health nurse. Hi, Carol. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, for our first question, would you like to tell us about what exactly it is you do at IPC? Sure. So IPC Health is a community health organisation um, across the western suburbs and there are many different sites that um, people can access our service. Um, the service is usually free or low cost and there are a whole range of diverse services that are available for people and um, you can just call and make an appointment to book in with us. Lovely. Um, so you specifically work with youth and women. So do you have any um, specific advice for the young people watching the show you know, fellow students? Sure. So I work in a team of three nurses that work across uh, Wyndham, Brimbank and Hobsons Bay. Mm -hmm. So there are three of us doing the role and we work, as you said, Anne, as youth and women's health nurses. And so we work with all young people between the ages of 12 and 25 and we work with women and people with a cervix um, through their lifespan and uh, our service is free and people can book in to come and see us. Yeah, no worries. Um, what actual services do you provide for women um, and people with the cervix? Yeah, so the work that we do with women, we do a whole range of um, diverse services. We go out to playgroups. We go out to meet people in the community. Um, we run clinics where people come in and uh, we offer like a health and wellbeing assessment. Um, usually that's an extended consultation. So I know when people go to their doctor, it's um, it's quite time limited. You might only get maybe 10 minutes, 10 minutes or 20 minutes with your doctor. We can have up to 90 minutes with clients and mostly we use interpreting services because of the diverse community in the western suburbs and they're face-to-face -face interpreters for people, which um, really helps with the dynamic when you're trying to get information um, from people rather than like on a phone consultation and you're, you're rushing to try and um, get you know, the information or maybe the, the line isn't very good and you don't catch what everybody's um, saying. So we do a health and wellbeing assessment um, on women and we look at a whole range of reproductive health um, issues that may affect them. We ask about family violence and safety, um, gynecological history, um, and we want to really promote like all the cancer prevention strategies that the government um, are, you know, offering to people in Australia. So we're targeting women between the age of uh, 25 um, to 74, um, women and people with a cervix to do cervical screening tests. They were formerly called pap smear tests, people know them. Um, the age range has changed and also um, the test is new. It's looking for human papillomavirus. And um, there's also self-collect option is available. So people who were previously uh, a bit nervous or a bit unsure or people who they're coming for the first time, they can have the chance to do the self-collect test. Thank you. Um, so where would uh, people like looking for information about this find it, uh, especially about IPC? Where would you go? sort of thing. Yeah, so we have um, social media pages. So mm -hmm. we have, um, we're on Facebook. We You can Google IPC Health and you can look at all the different 
um, you know, sites that we have across um, the west of Melbourne. Um, also, I believe they do Twitter and Instagram. Oh, yeah, for the younger people, Twitter and Instagram too. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't know what Facebook is. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure they're all over the social media. <laughs> so, yeah. Wonderful. And um, uh, about confidentiality, if someone came to you, especially if they were younger, what sort of um, – would they have to tell their parents or would it be confidential? Yeah, so we see a lot of young people and we um, work within a, a framework um, of safety um, mm-hmm. and so young people do have the right to come and get information and we don't always share that with parents. Um, and just to let people know that, you know, people, young people can get their own Medicare card if they want um, mm-hmm. and can um, access Medicare um, without parents' permission. So um, when, once you're 14 um, on the MyGov records, there's no actual information available for parents um, yeah. if you're accessing healthcare services for privacy for young people unless they you know, specifically go and seek to um, get that information released. So young people can be quite reassured that they can go to a service um, without, you know, family members knowing. When we see young people, we would always discuss, you know, confidentiality in a safety framework. So, um, you know, what we're going to talk about today, you know, we will keep that information private. We won't share it with anyone unless you give us permission. But also, you know, I'm responsible for your safety and if I think you're at risk or um, putting yourself or anybody else at risk, then I may have to share that information. So we're very upfront, you know, with people Mm. about the information when they they come and see us. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, So uh, the next question would be... um, uh, would you have any general advice about women's health for, you know, younger girls or even older women listening in just general advice on how to take care of yourself? Yeah, look, I think across the lifespan of people, there's lots of different things that people should be doing to look after themselves. And um, obviously when you're younger, I mean, making sure that, you know, you're eating well, you're sleeping well, and these things are easier said than done because things get in the way. Um, and um, also looking after your mental health, making sure that you know you're finding time to live and work and play and relax all at the same time, as well as obviously you're juggling all studies and um, it can be quite challenging. Um, dental health, I think, is quite important for a lot of young people that they have let that go since COVID. And mm. um, I'm seeing a lot of young people that maybe haven't had a dental checkup for several years. Um, you know, sexual health, you know, if people are sexually active, making sure that they're you know, protecting themselves, protecting their partners, you know, using condoms to prevent infections. We offer free condoms so people can always come to our service and, and get free condoms um, and just making sure that they're, um, you know, keeping on top of, you know, health and wellbeing. Come and come and see us. That would yeah. be my recommendation. Um, uh, following on, you mentioned the pandemic. So yeah. uh, was there any change in how IPC was won when the pandemic was happening? Yeah, that's a really good question. So because we are a provider of healthcare, we have a large health workforce. So when the pandemic um, came, I think IPC were um, very responsive to that and immediately we put our hands up when the government was looking for people to become involved and for staff to help. Um, And so we... um, 
you know, we set up, uh, you may have seen in some of our sites, they send up um, ARCs, it was called, like were they the testing sites. And, you know, we were working out of car parks. Initially, we were just testing people in their cars when they very first came, when it was the very, very early days and people were still returning from overseas. And, um, yeah, it was a great response. It was a real camaraderie. People worked together. Um, and it was a really exciting time. Um, some of our sites were closed because they were deemed not an emergency service. So like where I was working in Sunshine, we um, had a whole range of allied health providers like myself as a youth and women's health nurse. There were physiotherapists. There were the refugee health team, um, child and family services, and none of us were seen as um, a, an emergency service. So the building was closed. People um, either went to work from home or we donned the PPE and we went out to the um, the sites and we were working with clients face-to-face. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mac Live on Live FM, live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Anne and my co-host today is Caitlin and our special guest today is Carol Preston, youth and women's health nurse. Um, so following on to what you just mentioned, uh, was it difficult working in the pandemic or... Um, um, look, I think um, for some people, obviously, it was very frightening. Um, my background, I had worked in infectious diseases previously. Oh. So um, I, I found it quite exciting. I was like, I've been waiting all, I've been waiting all my life for this. So, um, so yeah, it was great. And there were um, a cohort of people who, um, yeah, it was like we'd been waiting for this. So <laughs> we, were, we were pretty um, – no, I won't say we were excited, but we, we were certainly – there was a lot of people who put their hand up um, to say, mm-hmm. yeah, let's let's do this yeah. and um, let's let's help and do do as much as we can. So it was it was good. It was good. And we worked with lots of people across – like it's a very large organisation, IPC Health. We have six sites. Um, there are people that you see on email that you've never ever seen in you know face to face. So, mm-hmm. so it was a real it was a real get to you know you know work real workforce. People got together. It was an emergency response, and um, uh, I think people did a really good job. Yep. To follow up on Anne's question, I just wanted to ask: um, Are you still seeing the impacts of COVID um, in your like like field now? Yeah, that's a really good question, Caitlin. Um, look, there's there's a couple of different things. There's obviously the people, um, the families that were impacted, you know, by the illness at the time. And um, part of my role at the time was um, for ringing people. And actually, after there was mm-hmm. there was many many different um, jobs that were happening at the same time. There was the testing. There was the the follow up. There was ringing people to tell them that they had COVID, and which is very stressful for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, there was the very, very hard lockdown. So you had very large families locked down um, with no support, not able to access services. It was it was quite a stressful time for a lot of people um, and it was actually a pretty stressful job having to ring people. I found that actually one of the most stressful jobs I've ever had, you know, having to ring people, um, English not their first language, having to get interpreters on the phone, having to arrange um, like uh, emergency drop-offs for families, you know, up to nine, ten people who are locked down. They've got no food, they've got children, they've got animals, They everybody needs food. So having to ring services to make sure that these families were getting looked after, it was quite a big responsibility. Um, 
And again, I think we did a really good um, job of it. Um, I think the knock-on effect has been a lot of people have um, pushed a lot of their healthcare, like I was talking about, like maybe young people in dental, um, some of the cancer prevention services. And like you might see on television now, there's a large push with bowel cancer screening and breast cancer screening because a lot of people, um, you know, the services either were reduced or people were too scared to go out. So certainly in my role when I'm doing cervical screening tests, um, there's a lot of education to say people, you know, come back, do these tests, this, this could save your life. Um, you know, go and have your mammogram, and, you know, get your um, breast examination, you know, do your bowel cancer kit when it comes in the mail, don't just ignore it or put it on the shelf. So I, I think people put their, um, their health to the side and, um, yeah, because they were frightened. But people are coming back. It's good. They're coming back. Yeah. Um, so you're a youth and women's health nurse. Yep. And when a lot of people hear the word nurse, they think about the nurses who work in hospitals. So um, what are like the differences and maybe even similarities that you have? Yeah, so we're all nurses, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and um, so there is a very uh, broad spectrum of what a nurse can do. So my job is to work with people to keep them well and healthy um, and to, you know, prevent them from becoming unwell um, rather than a nurse who's in a hospital who's looking after somebody who's, you know, maybe acutely sick or unwell. So as I said, a lot of the work I do is around um, education. I'll sometimes go into schools and speak to um, young people. I might do some training with my colleagues, with um, with teaching staff, just around, um, you know, just working with young people or if they come to you and they're not sure where the services are or, if, you know, if somebody's had unprotected sex and they need emergency contraception, where do they go? Um, and, you know, just to list, give, give people lists and information of community services. And, um, yeah, uh, play groups I would go out and visit with my colleagues, not just me. It's not like I'm a miracle <laughs> worker. Um, and... Yeah, we do a lot of a lot of work in the community to raise the profile of who we are and what we do. Yeah, that answers your question. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, when you go out into schools um, and talk to young people, what do you specifically go out and talk to them about? Um, so we would first of all, we would usually ask the school what it is the young people are wanting to talk about because, you know, you, we can talk about a whole range of issues till the cows come home but if nobody wants to listen to you, you know. But usually we're talking about sexual and reproductive health so it's not like I'm teaching people maths. They're usually quite interested in what I have to say. So um, uh, we, we talk a lot about, like just recently I was in a, a school and we talked about, um, like, you know, who are the young people in our community, who is having um, – who is having sex, there's, you know, the diversity of young people, um, making the, the session appropriate, you know, for the audience. And um, consent, obviously we want, you know, young people, if they are sexually active, to be happy and agreeing and wanting the sex that they're getting. Um, so there's a lot of information about, you know, talking about consent or we might do some role play with people and, you know, building up, um, you know, resilience and um, making sure people are, are happy and agreeing. Um, what else do we do? Um, yeah, uh, about talk about contraception, where to go, what's available, um, what are the most reliable methods. Um, 
sexual health, how to get checked out. These days, most people, um, when you go to get um, a checkup, and we recommend that everybody under 30 um, once a year screens for chlamydia. It's the most common sexual infection. Um, and you just pee in a pot. So there's no, you know, it's not invasive. You're not having to come in and get undressed. And, and I think it's de- sort of, you know, demystifying that because a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? And young um, guys often have this thought that you're going to use the umbrella. I don't know if you know what the umbrella is. Years and years ago, it's a, you know, it's like they, that you're going to do something invasive and, you know, sort of, um, you know, anyway, it's all non-touch. <laughs> we don't touch anybody. You just pee in a pot and that's that's how we check. Thank you. Um, so my next question would be... Uh, my next question is... <laughs> sorry. Um, I just had a follow-up on that. Yeah. Um, With, like, reproductive health, um, with people, I know a lot of people may have a fear um, of going to, like, see you guys and that sort of thing or, like, um, feel like that they might, um, like it's going to be invasive and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What steps do you guys take to reassure them and that's make people comfortable? um, and like that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so when when people come in, um, and sometimes you know people, young, you know people, young people, old people, um, they may have been referred to our service. They're not really sure what they've been referred for. So mm-hmm. we get a lot of people that come in and they say, "I'm not really sure what you do, and I'm not really sure why I'm here." So um, we just explain to them that what our role is, um, and we have an assessment tool that we use on. For, um, for all clients to, to find out um, really what it is, you know, people often know what they've come for, but then if you don't, then we can go through this assessment tool and unpack maybe um, some of the issues and we'll say, well, some people at your age might experience this. So do you have any questions about that? Or um, And we can sort of tease out what people might be coming for. It could be that maybe people um, are well in themselves and all we're doing is reaffirming that and we're just giving them, you know, additional support. Well, if you need us, you know where to find us in the future. And then for other people, um, we're pretty much saying, you're in control here. You know, you can ask the questions. This is the session for you. This is your 90 minutes. Um, You can ask me, you've got a nurse for 90 minutes. You can ask me whatever you want or whatever has come into your head or whatever you've ever wanted um, to ask. And and sometimes it could just be that we, we do a lot of advocacy and referring on. So you could spend 90 minutes with me and I don't actually do anything for you, but what I can do is signpost you to the services that you do want or I can refer you internally within our organisation. And we do that um, with a lot of um, people that we see. We could, you know, young people, we might refer them into the dietitian. You know, you might need to see a dentist. Um, some young people that we see could um, have some, you know, social anxiety, but they want to get fit. So they're a bit anxious about going to a gymnasium. So we have exercise physiologists that can maybe work with people one-on-one, give them some um, skills and some uh, teach them some exercises that they can do at home or come in until they feel confident enough to go out into um like a gymnasium setting. Yeah. Uh, so for any students who are interested in going into health services, do you have any advice for them? Um, yeah. So you can go onto the website and find whatever site that it is that you want to go to or which mm-hmm. is your nearest site. So I I work in um, Hoppers Crossing 
IPC mm-hmm. Health and I also work at Windenvale IPC Health. I work at some clinics in Brimbank as well, but for, for your clients, they're the two in um, Wyndham. Um, so you can call up and ask to speak to a youth and women's health nurse or you can just say, can I have an appointment with Carol, the nurse, um, and they can book in. And this is all like free? It's a free service. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then how? What, what made you decide to go into this field? What, why are you passionate about it? Um, so I have worked in sexual and reproductive health for quite a long time. Um, it's just a really interesting area. It's always changing. There are always new things um, coming up. Um, I think it's about promote. I think I like the idea of like promoting, um, you know, the well-being aspect as well. It's something that people often forget about. Or, um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I like to raise awareness in particularly young people, or maybe some of the new arrivals, people that have come to the country, um, and may have, you know, like it's quite exciting when I get a woman come to see me and she's never had any preventative health care. She might have five or six children. Um, her schooling may have been limited. Her um, literacy levels may be um, low because she hasn't been able to attend school through war or um, some other factor, depending on the country that she's come from. And um, when we get out, we have a lot of resources. We get out pictures and we explain, you know, you know, imagery of the, you know, the female body and the reproductive system. And we can show, look, this is menstruation. This is how women menstruate. This is what happens. And, you know, and then if they're looking at wanting to prevent a pregnancy, you need to know about how the body works in order to know how to prevent a pregnancy. So it's showing the two. And like a a lot of these women might have, as I said, five or six children, but they've never understood how their body works. They have no idea, you know, how or why we menstruate. Um, And, you know, it's quite wondrous to them. Like they've never seen these images before. You can show how a developing sort of, you know, fetus and it's growing and yeah it's it's great it's really exciting thank you um and i think one of our final questions for today is um what is one like do you have any stories that um you're especially interested in sharing like especially <laughs> about like um Something that you found quite interesting while you were working. Oh, there are so many interesting <laughs> stories. <laughs> you put me on the spot here. Do I have a story? Um, look, just as I, as I said, you know, when when we can educate, you know, people and they become aware of their body and um, how to keep it well and healthy is it's is amazing. Um, when maybe I've met a young a young person out at a community event, or maybe um, you know at a school, and they come and see me. Even better when I get someone who comes in and they say, "Oh, my friend told me to come and see you," and I think, "Oh yeah, well I must be doing something okay." <laughs> We've got a I've had a friend recommendation. That's great. I mean, if people don't like you, you never see them again. But if they send, tell a friend to come, well, then that's usually a good sign. So. Um, I work with a really great team. Um, it's a really good. It's a really good place to work. I really enjoy going to work every day, um, and I'd recommend nursing as a job and free degrees now. 
come on. Free, free, <laughs> free degree to be a nurse. I'm highly promoting it here. Oh, actually, on that note, do you have any advice for students who want to become nurse or who just want to go into health in general? Well, you're going to get free degrees for the next couple of years, so <laughs> that's definitely a big push. Um, it's a really diverse um, role. And yes, in the beginning, you know, when I was younger and I um, first qualified, um, you know, I, I worked in a hospital and I loved that and it was a real buzz and that was exciting. But then, you know, things change and, you know, I had worked in um, HIV services and then as people were managing their HIV in the community, I sort of gradually moved into community work. So, yeah, things evolve and change and um, it's an exciting area, I think, to work in and there's lots of different areas that you can work in as a nurse. Yep, thank you. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Carol. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Live from McKillop College, Werribee in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Mac Live on Live FM. My name is Anne and my co-host today is Caitlin. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We hope you found the information today useful and until next time, have a great day. 